The Nuggets make three picks in the 2023 NBA draft, all NBA-ready guys, all filling a certain need of what the Nuggets are going to need to defend their championship. We'll talk about it on Locked on Nuggets. You are Locked on Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Today's show is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA, and they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. Coming to you late on Thursday night after the draft, as Freddie says, always late, LOL. Uh, sorry, I had another podcast for Action Network that I had to get done before this one, as well as uh, making a few final calls to wrap up the night as well. On today's show, we'll talk about the Nuggets draft selections, including Julian Strother out of Gonzaga. We'll talk about Jalen Pickett and Hunter Tyson, the three picks that the Nuggets made on draft night. We'll talk about all those picks and more on today's show. It'll be a quick show. Uh, you'll get my talk, my thoughts tonight, and then you'll get Adam Mara's thoughts in the morning. If you want to ch- catch more of Adam's reactions in the very immediate and go check out the DMVR show. Great way for you to be able uh, to catch all things nuggets over on DMVR. We love the DMVR show. Also, Hey, how about go check out pickaxe and roll with Ryan Blackburn as well. Uh, lots of good pods out there. We recommend you checking them all out because we think there's enough listening time for all of us. Uh, all right, let's go ahead and get started. Thanks for joining us on whatever platform that you're on, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or on YouTube. The best way for you to be able to support the show is to just hit subscribe on the old YouTube channel. Folks hanging out with us on a late on a Thursday night, so appreciate you guys being with me. Um, I'm heading to the mountains tomorrow, so I'm glad to be uh, finally getting away for a few days. I'm sure that Damian Lillard or someone else will get traded while I'm on the way out to steamboat. Uh, but let's talk about the nuggets. So they take, they take Julius rather out of Gonzaga with the first pick, uh, that in their 2023 draft selection over at pick 29. Um, he D- Julian details as an elite shooter. So six, six, 21 years old, a six, nine wingspan, 209 pounds, 41% from three point range, 15.2 points per game. Uh, at Gonzaga, six boards per game. Um, He's got an advantage to be able to attack off of closeouts, which I think is like a really key thing to be able to like for the Nuggets to be able to uh, bring to the table here. Um, These are, there's a string here of the Nuggets took guys that are ready to play now. They took older guys. They took older players, and that was a trend. And Julian is absolutely one of the guys um, that fits that description. My favorite stat that I was able to, to pull up on on Julian is uh, 97th percentile on spot-ups last season l- nationwide. Uh, 45% from three. He shot 40 of 89 from three-point range on spot-ups last season for Gonzaga. Um, that is great shooting, which you obviously want to be able to put next to this Nuggets core. You have shot creation. You have Nikola Jogic. You have uh, Jamal Murray. You have Aaron Gordon. You are now able to bring more shooting off the bench and be able to kind of fit that in. Um, there's at 6'6", six, six, right? Good size for a wing. You're not necessarily undersized. It's a very much a de- departure from some of what we've seen before with the Nuggets going a little bit smaller. 
Um, Ringer's draft description of him I thought was really interesting of him. KOC wrote this. Uh, he compared him to Shades of, Bo- of Bojan Bogdanovic and Morris Peterson. Those are both pretty good comps for what he's able to be able to, to, to go, go with. Um, so ultimately this pick seems pretty straightforward, right? You pick up a guy that was uh, really pretty good, actually, in pick-and-roll situations. He had 102 possessions last season and was 77th percentile offensively as the pick-and-roll. So a little bit higher than what we're, we're kind of used to seeing in college. Honestly, you don't see that much pick-and-roll, and he's got a really high efficiency rate based off of that as well. He's got a capacity to be able to do, do a little bit on ball um, and be able to work off ball. Leo Clayman says, but can he guard? Well, guess what? He's a rookie, so no. Like no one, no one can guard um, that second unit though, needs some offensive firepower with it. Right. If you're going to have be running the switch, all units, regardless of who they bring back, it's good to be able to bring some shooting off the bench and be able to have emergency shooters. And it's also good to have guys that can step up and fill in. If one of the starters is missing a night or several weeks with injuries, right. If you need for a guy to be able to fill in, Julian's going to be able to be, to, to do that. Um, Todd Houston says third string behind CB and P Watt. Not bad. All guess a sharpshooter. Um, all of that, I think, is like a little bit of a, of a capacity for what they're able to bring to the table. Um, so ultimately, I, I look at, at the, the pick as indicative of, of what they were looking for. Like Julian, I think, is a, a starting place for where they wanted to get to in this draft, which was older players established who can play now, who have size and can shoot. That's really kind of like the model of what they were able to bring um, to the table here. And then you've got uh, Benjamin Casperson says, so Marcus Howard, no, not really. Um, Tim Joseph says, is he expected to play right away? And do you expect all three guys on the roster to start the season? It's a good question. Um, I do. I think they'll at least be in training camp and they'll either convert them to two ways or sign them to the roster, depending on how much they like them. Like a lot of this is going to be like, they will have a summer league team and they'll have to see and evaluate those guys over the next couple of weeks to see what they want to do in training camp and how much competition they want to bring in, whether they want to put these guys on a program long-term or if they want to be able to um, instead have them, you know, play immediately, it may be a thing where they sign them and they, they put them on non-guaranteed deals and they send them to the G league. There's all, all sorts of ways for them to handle this, um, including the, you know, the two way contracts, which could be an option for the two guys that they drafted in the second round. Those are, I think options for them, depending on, on what kind of what they're, those guys will want as well. I think that's got to be part of the consideration um, additionally. Um I think the biggest thing with Julian is if we look at, he's got a little bit of on-ball capability. And I will th- do think it's interesting that these guys are offensively capable. Like the shooting is pretty pure in most of these guys. Pickett's got a little bit more uh, of a creation mold to him. Um, but I think it's overall like an interesting question of what they're able to do as far as what they bring to the table. I will say that uh, defensively, the metrics are pretty good for Julian. Um, he was 53rd percentile across all possessions and 53rd percentile on half court uh, last season. Some of that's messy because there's so many schools and you got fluctuations on some of the sample sizes uh, over at Synergy. But I do think it's at least promising that the numbers weren't completely terrible, although I do think that there's limitations in what he's going to be able to bring to the table. But sometimes the guys are better th- than that. Uh, Bubbles brings this up as well. He's got a nice floater game as well. Um, that's definitely like part of the... Um, advantage his floater is is supposed to be one of the most effective weapons in the game a scout sent me that and i was like what do you think about this, about strother and he was like the floater is my favorite thing about his game he's able to get to it from all angles is, is one of the things about him is that he's able to manipulate that and if you're able to hit that mid, that mid-range area um 
I think you're in a pretty good spot. Uh, Tim says, also, does this uh, make anyone expendable on the current roster? No, I don't think so. I don't think that they're, this means that they're moving on from Colin. I don't think, you know, there's questions about Zinaji and all these other guys. Like, there's only so many roster, roster spots that they're going to need. Um, so I'm not going to make definitive statements. I don't know. I also, this is one of the things that stresses me about draft night. Sometimes look one thing on draft night and then two months later, they look very different. So it's something I think to consider. Um, David says the only critique I have is, uh, was an attempt made to package at least one of these two picks plus Zeke for more proven vet. The answer is no. Um, I think they looked at what the market was and what was out there. Uh, and I think you can look at most of the trades that occurred tonight were all pick for pick, right? It was pick and pick like pick and future picks for pick. There wasn't a lot. There was almost no internal movement. Like Davis Bertans got moved, but there was no player movement outside of that. Um, I think in part because everything's kind of self-contained to the, the draft this year for whatever reason. So that's something to kind of consider as we go forward. On the other side, we'll get to Jalen Pickett out of Penn State and what he's going to bring to the table. We'll get to that on the other side. First, I'm going to tell you about Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs make you look good. Uh, they've got a stretch khaki shorts that are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. And you will, like you will look like an Adonis in these things. Their shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. And they fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff restricting cotton because they've got cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but it stretches. So that you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Uh, and they've got an anti, anti stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on MBA for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddog.com slash locked on MBA for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. We'll be right back on Locked On Nuggets. Back here on Locked On Nuggets, I mentioned Adonis and the bird dogs read, and everyone's mentioning Adonis arms. <laughs> Great, great throwback. Great throwback there. Um, all right. So let's talk a little bit about Jalen Pickett and what he brings to the table out of Penn State. Uh, 24 years old, Jalen, Jalen Pickett is 6'2, 198, uh, 6'7 wingspan. Um, the biggest thing that I kind of noticed about him when I kind of dug into the number numbers on him, and that's as much as I've gone to uh, pick and roll ball handler. He was 94th percentile across the nation last season running pick and roll. And he run, he ran a ton of them at 195. That's a high percentage of them. Uh, he's got a great post-up game as well. He actually had 156 in post-ups. He's strong as an ox is part of the deal with Pickett. So you've got like this very big, very physical guard, also a good shooter. Um, really be really good at being able to manipulate his way in space off of those picks. I did do some clips on that. Um, a scout told me that he felt like he had one of some of the best immediate feel that he will have a shorter runway to understanding pick and roll coverage in the NBA because of his experience and how he just tends to get it. He understands how to do that. Um, Bubbles mentions being a, a fifth year senior who started 142 games in college bodes really well for him being able to play backup point guards minutes right away if necessary. So Pickett's the one that you kind of point to and you go, ah, that's Bruce Brown insurance. Like that's that Pickett, I think is the one that you kind of look at and go, okay, so he's like the guy that can do this. And I think that that's, that's really important. Um, Benjamin says more like Andre Miller, multiple people have made that comp. Like that's been a comp that's been out there about Pickett is the Andre Miller comparison. Um, that's who he's been compared to 
a lot. Uh, Ringer's comparison for him is Mark Jackson, which is again, a big physical guard. So you've got this like real strength and size. And I think it also kind of speaks to if the Nuggets are going to continue, one of their identities honestly was for as efficient as their offense was, the Nuggets are rare and that they're an efficient offense that also bullies you with size. Pickett's another example of that where he's got a real ability to, he uses his size extremely well against smaller guys to where he's not going to get out physical. He's not going to get out muscle. He's going to come in. He's going to be ready. He's got that. He, he really does have like a man. He's got, doesn't have a boy's physique. Like a lot of the young kids will come in at 19 at 24 He's got size uh, for what he's able to do. He's also really good at actually as a screener, which is going to be interesting with um, with Jokic in those minutes if he gets to play with him at all. Um, he's also a really good rebounder. He averaged seven boards per game last season at Penn State. That's ridiculous for a guard. Like that's absolutely insane uh, for him. He's made a lot of progress on his three point shot. We'll see if it holds. That's going to be like one of the big questions is if whether or not he's got a three point shot. But quite honestly, we had the same question about Christian Brown and you can make impacts in other ways on this Nuggets roster. It's one of the actual real advantages of him. Um, he's also got a floater game, by the way. His runner uh, was 91st percentile in uh, across the nation last year. Um, Todd Houston says he's got the Bruce guns. So there you go. Um, David says, I think the Nuggets may be making a choice between him and Colin Gillespie very soon. It's possible. It's possible. Um, you know, we'll see kind of where Colin's at with his rehab. I think it's too early to make a, a call on that yet. I think that there's a lot that has to be determined, especially when you're talking about second round guys. So a lot of this is going to depend on cap management, contracts, et cetera, uh, for what it looks at. Um I think the biggest thing, honestly, with Pickett, again, is kind of getting back, back to the Bruce Brown factor here, is that you've got somebody that can come in and, if necessary, can run the second unit. You can just be like, all right, let's let the rookie come in, and he can just run pick and roll with whatever big that they get, or Zeke, they bring him back, or run DHO uh, with Vlaco, right? And you can run all these different mechanisms and get yourself through the season. Uh, the Nuggets are going to need what I refer to as inning eaters, Right which are their guys, they're the 82 game players. Their guys are going to get you through the regular season. And if Pickett is good enough to play in the NBA and, and manage on his own, and he, if he can be low turnover and highly efficient, then he's going to be in a pretty good spot uh, to be able to play that role. And that's a good role for him to be able to play. So I think overall um, he's in a pretty good spot to have an opportunity here. And it's again, it's insurance against the possibility of Bruce Brown leaving, which looks a little bit more possible did have a 13% turnover rate across all possessions, which isn't, I wouldn't say tremendous. So a little bit of a concern there. Um, 12% in the half court. So a little bit of of an issue, I think with some of the turnovers, but I'd have to dig a little bit more into what happened to Penn state to know exactly how much of an issue that was on his end. Um, Francisco says 15 roster spots in three, two ways. Deverhead now has seven players with only one year or none experience in the NBA. Is that a good thing for our championship aspirations? Um, I will say this. You can always get guys that have experience because there are always minimums out there. And I would imagine that some of them will probably also get there. Um, not all seven players will be around the nuggets. That's that won't happen. They'll make some hard cuts. They'll make, they'll move on from some guys. And we'll talk about that here on lockdown nuggets, but you know, Overall, I think you take you keep taking shots, you keep taking hits, and you see what you can kind of do. David says tonight's moves portend the, F- the front office lean towards expecting a Bruce Brown exit. Does it mean a focus towards more front quarter big help in free agency? Probably. I mean, look, I think that you can you can find centers for pretty cheap. You can't find great centers right now. 
they're not available. Everybody wants them. Nobody's trading them. It's very tough. But you can find kind of dime a dozen bigs. Like there's a lot of guys out there that you can bring in just to fill in minutes as a center. Um, there are a number of those guys. So I think that there's an opp- opportunity there um, to go. Uh, Bubbles, who's done his research, says Pickett had a 46-point game where he hit 10 threes this season. So we'll see if he's able to re- replicate that uh, here in Denver. Uh, on the other side, we'll get to Hunter Tyson and what he's going to be able to bring to the table, uh, breaking its shooting as well as we'll wrap up kind of the conversation about the Denver Nuggets draft night as well. First, I tell you about eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time that you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With the eBay guaranteed fit, you can be sure every part you need fits just right the first time around. Add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 120 22 million parts to choose from you'll be back in the game in no time it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed get the right parts the right fit and the right prices on ebaymotors.com let's ride e- ebay guaranteed fit only available to u.s customers eligible items only exclusions apply we'll be right back on lockdown nuggets Back here on Locked On Nuggets, Bubbles lied to us. It was not 46, it was 41. I'm going to ban you now, Bubbles. I'm just kidding. Um, so the last guy that the Nuggets took in the second round was Hunter Tyson out of Clemson. And not a guy that I had honestly had heard a lot about coming into the draft. Um, 6'8", 23 years old. Again, aged, right? Older guys ready to come in right now. These guys are not kids. They're going to need a lot of like tending to. These are these are men coming in to participate. Um, 6'10 wingspan. So good wing, wingspan. Ridiculous shooter. Just an absolutely absurd one. So Hunter Tyson across all players in college basketball was 89th percentile last season on jumpers, shooting uh, 40% on all jumpers and on three-pointers at 40%. On catch and shoots, he was at 38%. So we're talking about, again, a really elite shooter in those situations. Um, Particularly in spot-up situations, he was 87th percentile. So if we look kind of like across like what these guys program as, you've got Pickett's more of the the shot creator and the pick-and-roll runner. But Julian's at 97th percentile on spot-ups and uh, Hunter Tyson's at 87th percentile. So you, you take guys that are elite shooters – that have size, not great, crazy athleticism, not crazy upside because you don't need to reach for guys that might develop into something. You already have your championship core. You take guys with size that can shoot. And that was the program that the Nuggets settled on in this draft. They take older guys that are ready to play right now. And I think it's an interesting kind of question. Um, usually the last guy taken out of three picks is less likely to play is less likely to have a spot. We'll see what they do with Hunter Tyson. Um, but He's absolutely a sharpshooter, and if he gets into the gym and just absolutely lights it up in summer league and then lights it up in training camp, a lot of this may not get settled until training camp. The Nuggets may come into camp with, like, you know, the starters and Christian and Zeke and Vlatko, right? And that's eight. And then a bunch of young guys and some vets and just shake it out. Like, that's entirely possible of what they're able to do. Um Tim Joseph says Malone has to play one of these dudes right away. No, he doesn't. That's not accurate at all. <laughs> Sorry. It's just not like um, they'll have enough options. I'll, I'll say this. If they get into training camp and it looks like one of these guys is not as good as maybe they were hoping to, that he's not adjusting to NBA 
speed, NBA style, NBA physicality, there will be options in training camp for them to go ahead and address whatever it is that they need. There will still be guys out there that are available. Um, we'll see what they do. Like there's going to be options, I think for men, for vet men contracts, like they're a championship team and they're the favorites to repeat. So more doors are going to be open for them. Um, I think having these guys and having the rights to them does matter. Um, this is a good question from bubbles. Does it feel like Tyler Lydon simply because he's a tall white American a little bit, but, I think that he's more of a pure shooter than Tyler was. Tyler was more of like a basketball player. Um, and some of that is, is important. Leo Clayman says, Matt, any idea who the Kings are clearing cap space for? Um, I would tell you that it's either Tobias Harris or OG Anobi. That's my best guess. Could be somebody else. Could be entirely somebody else. But those are my two best guesses is that the Kings are making space to absorb either Tobias Harris's contract or OG Anobi. Um, it's possible they're making an offer for Bruce Brown, but that I've heard that they're, specifically targeting small forwards um, because they're, and they're looking for ways to move uh, Harrison Barnes in the sign and trade. So that's part of it. Um, Benjamin says what vet men contracts could be out there for Denver. That one, I have to look at the board. I haven't gotten there yet. And you look at what the, what the actual free agency class is, but there were, I will say that like there will be options in terms of veteran leadership that will be available to them. Um, Hunter Tyson, you know, I, I think, He's the finishing, I think, is okay there. He's got really good. Uh, what was a scout told me? Not feel for the game. It was, oh, he's got really good sense for how the offense is supposed to work. So he just kind of understands how things are supposed to happen on the court. And that's obviously like a high mark for any, any Jokic team is you want to have that guys that do it. Um, not fast on defense. He's really slow on foot speed. He's going to get torched in pick and roll situations, but he'll rebound uh, 9.6 boards per game last season for Clemson. That's a really high mark. Uh, so a 40% shooter that averages 10 boards per game, not bad. So it, he only really got good at Clemson the last year was another thing that I was told is like the shot. One scout did tell me when I reached out about it was that they were like, I don't know if he's going to be, if last year was, was really good. Or if that was just like, it finally clicked for him. So we'll have to see whether that holds true or not. He was excellent last season, but one scout was kind of like, I'm not sure that that's going to translate once you get him into an NBA gym. I'm just not sure. And so we'll see whether what that happens uh, or not. Um, overall, when we look at the Nuggets draft night, there's a pretty clear message here is they didn't waste time with draft and stash. They didn't waste time with projects that they're just going to bury in Grand Rapids they took guys that they think might be able to play immediately. That's why you take 24 year olds. Um, you can take them because you think they're very good, but you also take them because they are more, they are, they need less handholding. And for a team that's got championship intentions, you don't want to have to spend time holding hands and walking guys through stuff. Christian was really great last year in part because Christian got stuff quickly. And then one of the things that I was told about him is that he picked up things quickly and didn't need to be told again. And that's the difference between an older player and a younger player is the older guys have been around and they will pick up stuff and they will adapt it and then they will get, they fix it and then they'll go move on. You live with a guy for six months like NBA players do. You really don't want to be teaching them the same problem over and over and over and over and over again. Um, so that's one of the things. Uh, Benjamin Casperson says, Denver can survive with a bad bench in the regular season, but we need seven to eight playable guys in the playoffs. And currently we're at six. <sighs> yeah. 
that's that's true. But I also think that there's a lot of time. Free agency hasn't even started yet. And while Denver's options are limited and what they're going to be able to do, um, let's wait and see. Let's watch what they do with what's in front of them. And let's see what the roster looks like towards training camp. I think that the front office has probably proven they deserve a little bit of uh, trust when it comes to all this stuff. Uh, David says, I think Jack White's ahead in the depth chart. Anyway, Hunter's a specialist for 37. That's not a terrible pick. Yeah. And like, Luke, I said, you, you can give him a training camp, see if it's working, if it's pops, if it doesn't send, you know, put him on two ways in the grand rapids, figure it out from there. Um, Denver, I think, got the guys that they wanted. I think there were probably a few that went ahead of them. They were kind of like, darn. But I, I don't get the sense that they were disappointed with the haul tonight. I think they were happy with what they got. Uh, we'll have more tomorrow. There's not going to be a press conference with uh, Calvin Booth until Monday because the trade calls were not finalized as of yet. And they're just going to go ahead and wait till Monday and introduce all of the guys when they get into town. So that's what they're going to do. Um, so we'll have more reaction on Monday when they introduce your new Denver Nuggets off of the draft you can catch uh adam's thoughts tomorrow on the nba draft and we'll be back on monday with a combined show getting you set for free agency and all the craziness that's sure to come next week we'll talk about that all more next week thanks for joining me appreciate you guys have yourselves a great friday we'll see you guys again next time on lockdown nuggets